to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 160, our Halloween special for this year. We've been gone for a little while, uh, taking a little hiatus, had a couple of vacations uh, that we wanted to take and just kind of, you know, get back into a, a good mental state mm-hmm. considering our, our world right now. Yes. But we are back. Uh, we got lots and lots to talk about. We have a, a kind of a long episode, I, I think. Maybe it'll probably run over an hour. So uh, we should get started. And before we do, I am Larry, your host of My Bleeding Ears podcast. Talk about all sorts of movies, mostly horror, lots of action, lots of sci-fi. And of course, with me is my host, co-host, uh, Jessalyn. Hello. And we are about to start this mamma jamma off so let's do it let's get it going enough of this bullshit yeah so the first thing that i want to talk about one of the vacations that we took we went to halloween palooza in otomwa iowa this is our third fourth third this is our third year there we tabled again Mm -hmm. um and so yeah that was a nice nice little trip we took we, yeah. we, we, of course, are from Chicago, and Halloween Palooza takes place in Ottumwa, Iowa. Put on by the guys, uh, we're in their podcast net- network, Attack right. of the Killer Podcast. The Prescribed Films Podcast Network, mm-hmm. the PFPN. Uh, and, of course, they've, they've invited us out before, and uh, our first time was four years ago, but there's only been three times we've been able to go because of the pandemic. They canceled last year, right. yeah. Right. So, um, this year, we have we got two tables. Uh, one table to sell all my shit and another table to sell all of your shit. Yeah, I took up a lot of pandemic hobbies, yeah. <laughs> uh, including ne- necklace making and candle making, so mm-hmm. just hawking my wares. Right. Um, and yeah, it was it was a good time like always. Yeah. Um, we got there on Thursday uh, and it was Halloween and Palooza takes place over Friday and Saturday. I wanted to get in early just to, you know, just to have... My shit already, and just ready, to get, ready to go as soon as I get there. And uh, yeah, we set up Friday, and this year's guests were was a scream queen. Um, There's supposed to be four different scream queens, but unfortunately, one of them had to drop out. I don't know what reason, but the ones that were there were uh, Lynn Lowry from uh, I know her mostly from the Crazies mm-hmm. and uh, David Cronenberg's uh, Shivers. 
So she was there. We also had Brink Stevens, who was in over 200 and some fucking movies. Yeah. Uh, tons and tons of movies she's in. She talked about the Slimeball Bullorama. Is that what's it called? Yeah, yeah. Um, what the fuck? I forgot the beginning. It's, it's a very long title. Something uh, at the Slimeball Bullorama. Right now it's escaping me. I used to have it uh, <clears throat> VHS. But uh, yeah, she was there also. And the one person I really wanted to see and I've always, always liked and always had a crush on was Kelly Maroney from uh, Night of the Comets and Chopping Mall. Mm-hmm. So those three women that were there. Uh, Debbie Roshan was supposed to be there, but unfortunately she had to cancel. So there's only three of the Scream Queens there. Which I was fine with. I'm cool. Yeah. But you said they were all... I only met Kelly. Kelly was awesome. I yes. fully expected her to be. And I confirmed the rumor that Buffy the Vampire Slayer was based on the Kelly Maroney character from Night of the Comet. Yes. She confirmed that was true. Um, we had a nice little chat. Uh, yeah, so I didn't meet the other two, but you interviewed all three of them. Right. The the guys at uh, PFPN, they let me do different uh, panels. Because, I mean, I like to do it. And I guess I'm pretty decent at it, so they let me just go up there and do interviews and do questionnaires with the um, with the women. So that was uh, the first panel I did was with um, Kelly Maroney and Brink Stevens because Lynn Lowry kind of wanted her own because she was showing one of her movies there. So she thought, you know, maybe you know, we can do a little more with her instead of just the three of them. For yeah. An hour. At first, there's that little sexist voice in my head that was like, diva. (laughs) It actually, she was absolutely right um, Mm -hmm. to separate herself from the other two. And obviously, there was no bad blood or anything like that. She just thought it would be better this way. And she was Mm -hmm. right. So Halloween-a-Palooza is just a little little, uh, get-together kind of convention in Atumwa and uh what's is it what's the name of the hotel there is it just Hotel Atumwa Hotel Atumwa which is known to be haunted and it is right. just this beautiful restored old hotel I should know uh, should know when it was built but I don't but it's very very old just this classy looking hotel mm. totally looks haunted but in a good way <laughs> it's haunted by good ghosts yeah <laughs> um so we stay at the American I, you know I don't know if I believe in ghosts but why risk it the American's <laughs> probably not haunted so we stay there it's just like a block away but I love you know I grew up in a rural area and I never had any conventions like this anywhere close to me mm. um so I think it's so cool that in a relatively rural area they put this on, and you see a lot of kids, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's really neat. And such a yeah, it's such a nice, cool little, cool little time. It's a small convention, not one of these huge, large ones, right? Um, but still, I've never seen anything like it mm-hmm. around where I grew up or in a rural area mm-hmm. like that. So it's so cool. Um, and you haven't mentioned my wins yet. Yeah, I will, I'll get to there. there. <laughs> I will get to there at some point. I just kind of wanted to talk about of what course. Halloween Apalooza really is. Enough about me. Um, going back <laughs> to the panels again, with uh, I did one with Brink and Kelly. And, of course, I'm, I'm nervous to, to do this, but I, I hide it really well. <laughs> yeah. So I was waiting um, waiting for Kelly with Brink Stevens, just ready to go on stage and everything. And Brink's like, all right, who's going to be the person? And I was, like, standing right behind her. I was like, oh, it's going to be me. Hi. She's like, oh, hello. And I went to, like, shake her hand. She's like, oh, I really don't shake hands. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, then she kind of, like, fist bumped. And I was like, how about elbows? And I started, we started elbowing each other. And... She was really, she was really nice, and and she kind of laughed at that and everything. So I kind of broke the ice a little bit. 
I don't blame any celebrity who doesn't want to touch like, right. every single person who's going to come meet them. I totally get that. Like when I met, what's his name? Kane Hodder. He was wearing gloves. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> and plus this is pandemic and everything. And, yeah. and I wasn't thinking to. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right kind of thing. Right. I was like, oh, here's... Here's a bring Stevens next to, next to me. I've, I've seen her take at least eight showers in my life. So, <laughs> and here she is, right here. So, but that really broke the ice, and we talked a little bit. And she she was talking about other conventions and how she liked this one a lot. It was small. It was more personal kind of thing. And she said that she tried for years to go to this big convention called MegaCon, and finally she got in there, but she was disappointed because like no one knew who she was because this was like a more of like an anime convention. So oh. she was like, uh, this kind of sucks because no one fucking knows me here. Yeah, <laughs> but then she, she had a lot of fans at this one. Yeah, right? yeah, because all the people, and plus there's... I don't want to say everyone knows each other, but everyone kind of knows each other, at least, yeah. in passing or as in friends, because uh, the podcast network, we all kind of, you know, kind of talk to each other and know of each other at the very least. And so throughout this convention, we see each other say, hey, and bullshit around, talk about movies. So that I, I like that aspect of it, that it's this this convention is small. Yes. Um, the panel itself was nice, too, because uh, uh, Kelly did joined us next and we went up on stage and uh before we went on stage though brink was like uh, where's kelly and i was like oh she's just finishing up he's like man i really want to i really want to know how old she was before when she was cast in night of the comet and hmm. i was like all right cool I'll, I'll ask that question so we're about 15 20 minutes into the panel and of course i asked the question and kelly's gives me shit she's like well you know you're not supposed to ask what i heard that part (laughs) uh, women's ages were and i was like you know someone set me up that (laughs) i didn't say brink but i looked over at her because brink knew not to answer ask that question yeah (laughs) fucking brink (laughs) but uh all in all it was a nice panel and i just got to ask a few questions and yeah it was it was nice i I like doing panels They're, they're fun and um I can say I did. <laughs> I can say yeah, I you're great at it. You're really. I didn't get to see all of it because I was watching the tables. But right, you're yeah. really, really good at it. And I love hearing screen queens who have just done hundreds of movies talk about the movie industry and like this really solid understanding that they have about how it how it all works. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like belittling screen queens, but I really love to hear their interviews. Yeah, they're 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 interesting. They're not. The Scream Queens and the women from the 80s and 90s who did horror movies aren't stuck up, I want to say, or are they're not like big Hollywood stars. You know, there's there's none of that uh, arrogance or anything. They're right. there. They know their fans. They know the movies they've done, and they're completely cool with it. Um, so yeah, I, I like I like them. Way better than, say, like if I were to interview fucking Chris Pratt or some shit like that. Right, right. It's, it's a lot more fun, I think. Um, so after that, um, Lynn Lowry showed one of her movies. Then I got to interview her after that. Uh, and that was a good time, too. It was uh, it was funny because uh, we went on stage. I got us two chairs, and she had a glass of wine. She was like, well, where am I going to put this? I was like, oh, 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 and I ran and got her another chair to set her wine on. Um, we did a little... Um, interview for about 10-15 minutes until I opened the floor up for questions and then Lynn got up with her glass of wine and just like 
went towards the crowd. She wasn't sitting down anymore and just answering questions. And I was like, oh, okay, shit. <laughs> like, what am I going to do now? I'm not going to just sit up on stage. So I got up and just kind of like did like a lean on one of the speakers, you know, and, and would interject every once in a while with something. But she, yeah, she went towards the crowd, answered her questions. Now, Lynn, I had watched her through throughout the convention, and she was kind of very, like, specter-like. Because she, I would watch her walk through the convention, not just sit at her table. Mm -hmm. And she was kind of like a ghost. She, like, floated through. Yes. <laughs> it was really very cool. Very elegant. Yeah. It was, she was kind of like a, a royalty in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was really cool to see that. And, but, yeah, she was a f cool, fun interview. And um, it was just really nice to, to do these. And I would, of course, next year I would do every single one of them again if they want me to. Oh, heck yeah. I we'll see mind, you guys next year. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind who it is at all. But, yeah, that was, it was really enjoyable and something I can I write down in my little book of have-dones, you know. So mm -hmm. now going back to our costume here, or your costume. <laughs> So you were really looking forward to the con uh, costume contest when we were going there. So a month or two in advance, you started getting your Halloween costume ready. Yeah. So speaking of arrogance, I kept saying, like, I'm going to win this year. I'm going to win. <laughs> yeah. And go ahead. Keep going. So I went as Lady Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu. I'm still not quite sure how to say it. It was Alcina or Alcina yeah. Dimitrescu from uh, Resident Evil 8, a.k.a. Village. Yes, the, the giant woman. The big lady. The big lady <laughs> that you fight, one of the bosses you fight at the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that my costume looked pretty great. I didn't get that. I had everything except the claws because I was worried enough. Uh, the hat is really big, so I was running into door frames and mm. trying not to hit people. So I didn't do the claws because I thought I'll just knock everything off the tables. <laughs> everything else was authentic. <laughs> um, yeah, and at the end, they at the end of the convention, right right near the end at least, they have the, the costume contest. They have best uh, children, best group, um, best couple, best couple, best adult. Yes, and you won two of those, didn't you? I did. So in addition to all of those categories, there's also Best in Show. So I won Best Adult Costume and <laughs> Best in Show. And I got they gave me a little medal that I have hanging up in the living room. <laughs> um, I had to wear a corset for nine and a half hours. Oh. That was my mistake. So I don't know if I'm going to do a costume next year unless <laughs> I can think of something comfortable. Uh, but it was worth it. It was a lot of fun to dress up. And I, I saw some great costumes, and we took pictures together. There was a Carl Heisenberg, who is the second-to-last big bad from Resident Evil mm -hmm. 8. She looked great. So, yeah, you, um, and then you won. And then I won. <laughs> Twice. Twice. <laughs> I won't steal it every year, guys. Just one time. <laughs> So all in all, of course, it's always a really fun time just to hang back, uh, talk to other horror fans, yeah. sell some of my shit off, make a little extra money. You have all these comics, magazines, and VHSs out, and so um, I'm sure you were there for some of them, but I really loved just hearing groups talk about, like, oh my god, this movie, or oh my god, this comic, or this magazine. Like, there were some hardcore horror nerds there. Yeah. I'd love to hear their conversations. Yeah, same here. It's, it's fun to... To, to meet other people who have the, kind of the same interests mm -hmm. as you do at these conventions and you can actually have a back and forth with. Right. And, you know, just bullshit with people and, that, and that's part of the fun time, too. Yeah. So Good times all, were had by all. Yeah. Uh, I think 
probably next year we'll just get one table if we do get a table. Otherwise, I might just want to just fuck around the entire time and go to movies and stuff. But um, yeah. we'll see. Me too. So I don't know if we're going to have a table yeah. at all. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Uh, well, I guess that <laughs> anything else to add to the Halloween at Palooza? No, experience? it's a great time if anybody's around the Iowa area. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't exactly remember it's like two and a half hours from the quad cities if that's helpful um Mm. i don't quite remember where it is in relation to des moines or iowa city but it's a really good time cute little city right all right that's it for halloween palooza let's start talking about uh we got a good amount of movies to talk about this this time around and and, a show and a tv show show. yeah um so let's get this one out of the way. I asked you before we started recording if we could skip it, and you said no. no. So we're going to talk about it. So about it. both of us had seen this before, but we decided to throw it on just to space out. Uh, mm-hmm. Anacondas. So Anaconda 2, The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Right, 2005 right. on Amazon. All right. I saw this movie in the theater. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I saw the first Anaconda in the theater also. I did see the first one in the theater, yeah. Uh, and of course, the first one is better. The, the second one um, is okay. It's is not it? great at all, but it's at least competent enough to yeah. be a movie. Um, pretty much the same as the first one, except these guys, this expedition uh, people, are are looking for the blood orchid which is used for scientific purposes maybe like to end alzheimer's or some shit like that yeah one of those kind of movies like where a fountain of youth sort of thing. yeah something like that so uh these scientists hire uh, a boat captain and his monkey to take them down into this the area where this blood orchid exists only for a certain amount of time every however long year mm-hmm. however many years so the expedition starts, and then they're hunted by anacondas. And we find out later that it's anacondas who've been affected by this blood orchid. That's why they're that's right, like, they're huge, huge, yeah, yeah. Um, and have good memories. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's not horrible. It's it's not horrible. But it's not very good either. There's no J Lo. It's well, I mean, that's what probably makes it not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you back off, J Lo. Oh god, uh, <laughs> no Ice Cube either. No John no. Voight or Owen Wilson. No, but you got your Morris Chestnut. That's the one yeah. I'm always excited about. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty it. much it. No, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, Blood Orchid, <clears throat> who cares? Uh, next movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next, uh, let's do a TV show. So we watched Midnight Mass. Ah, uh, yes. That is the latest offering from Mike Flanagan, mm-hmm. um, where I I feel like he wrote every episode. I feel like he was way more heavily involved in the writing and direction of this one than he has been in The Haunting of Bly Manor and The Haunting of Hill House. Right. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yes. Um, I, I'm not exactly <clears throat> sure, but I I do think he did have a... I, he mostly was a writer for this movie. Right. Um, show. Yeah, I'm sorry, for the show. And what what I like so much about these three shows is that they're so different from each other. They're, they're not the same. Yeah. And I mean, the, the themes, the even, too. first two were haunting, haunted houses, but yeah, they're very different stories. This one is not a haunted house at all. It's mm-hmm. not about ghosts at all. It's about religious fanaticism. Yes. As illustrated by, a, essentially, a vampire. Right. Yeah. And that's um, secondary to the story for yes, the most part. It is. 
uh, 90% of each episode is just the, the, uh, the communication and just how the, uh, the citizens of this town work. And it's very filled with monologues and it's dialogue. heavy on monologues, which got, I thought, a little tiring. But I was raised Catholic, so I understand all of the dilemmas that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I guess for someone who was rela- raised without religion, those monologues would be interesting. Yes, and I think this whole this whole series is interesting. I did I, really I, like it, yeah. I found... I, I do find religion very, very interesting, even though I'm an atheist. I still respect it, and I still learn from it, and it, it's just... They're interesting stories or are interesting way to look at life. So to have a show like this to kind of show two parts and two sides of things about the loving aspect of religion and the fanaticism of religion that can also be inspired, that uh, it just made the show very interesting. Plus you add in vampirism mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, as somewhat of a secondary plot part of the show, which grows to be the main p- plot plot point of this show at the end but um i can just really appreciate how different it is to the other ones and i I really appreciate that um it i i'm not gonna say i like this one more than the other ones i think they're all really good me too they're different that's just one thing you have to remember when you watch his his miniseries is that they're all different you're not going to get the same thing you're not going to get the haunted house you're going to have different themes yeah but you are going to get a slow burn. Yes. Some beautiful dialogue, some really long shots. He mm-hmm. loves doing a long shot. Um, and yes. you're probably going to sob hysterically in the last episode yeah. of each of those shows. Yes. At least I do. <laughs> um, the acting, top notch. Yeah. Our main character in this movie, I mean, the show, the, our priest... Fucking fan. He is wonderful. I've never seen him in anything else. Crap. I should have had He was in Veep. Up. I know that. That's okay. like the main show I believe he was on that most people <laughs> recognize him from. Which I haven't seen Veep. I but to see him for the first time in this show, fucking just brilliant. Yeah. He, he's amazing in this. And if he doesn't win some award for that, then everyone can go fuck themselves again. Yeah. You just you can't take your eyes off of him. Um, which is the, the charismatic character that that priest has to be yes. to make this work. Right. Uh, yeah, and flawed also with it. Yes. And Hamish Linklater. Ah, yes. He was great. Um, Mike Flanagan's wife plays um, a character, another main character on the show, too. Um, I think she's great also. Um I think she looks great. Kate, Kate Siegel. We're not yes. just going to call her Mike Flanagan's wife. Kate Siegel <laughs> That's is her she's name. For. <laughs> she's she's in all three mm-hmm. of his shows, and she's great in each one. Also, Hush, which is a really good yes. horror movie that he did. Yes. Yeah. Um, she's great in it, too. We have, uh, God, what's her name? Like the... The crazy one? The crazy one. Samantha Sloyan. She's wonderful, yes. also. You fucking hate her so Perfect. Much. Yeah, perfect, like example of how religion becomes dangerous yeah she's her perfect perfect for the role plus a a bunch of other actors too Rahul Kohli who's been in two out of three right he was in Bly Manor and now he's in this he's plays the sheriff 
um, who obviously, and when as soon as you see him, you're, you're thinking like this guy's probably not Catholic. No, and no, he is not. No, he is I... Muslim, and so is his son. So they talk a lot about the differences and similarities of the Muslim and the Catholic uh, communities, religions, mm. which is interesting. Um, and this uh, this show kind of throws you a curveball a little bit halfway through because you find out that what we think is our main character in this show isn't. Um, there's a character who we, we start off with, uh, he's involved in a car accident because he was drunk driving. He ends up killing a young girl. And so he goes to prison, um, for a while. And then he comes back home to the island where this takes place and tries to, I don't know, find himself again in a way. And forgive himself and for forgive killing himself. someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was just this... I think she was like 17 she was a high school girl right um so and that uh, his grief and guilt that's classic mike flanagan hauntings because whenever mm-hmm. he lies down to go to sleep he sees her and she's mm-hmm. just standing there with vacant a vacant expression on her face covered in glass and blood and because that was his like last vision, vision of her, of her yeah. when he was wasted and when the cop pulled him out of the car he lived of course but he's just there staring at the body knowing that he's fucked yeah, and that he killed someone. Mm-hmm. That's what he because he does his time for it. It's, mm-hmm. it's he just can't get over the fact that he killed her. Right, and he yeah. was um, he left the island, became kind of somewhat of like a big shot, made mm-hmm. some money and everything. Thought he was invincible until he ended up hurting someone else, and then he wasn't anymore. Yeah, and, um, and then he he meets up with Kate Siegel, who's who's at the island. Also, she had moved back not too long uh, before he did she had left the island before and did her own thing and then came back and was pregnant with a child so she wants to you know just kind of restart her life too Mm -hmm. and so they form a relationship together uh, because they were kind of close back in the day clearly kind of old flames as kids yeah Yeah, until they kind of went their different ways and so that relationship's pretty cool too um, but after like the episode two or three, I was just looking up at something and I saw the poster for the show and I saw that our main character that we thought was the main character and that we're introduced to in the beginning of the, the, the series, his picture was a lot smaller than a lot of the other characters mm-hmm. on this poster. So I was like, Oh shit, something's going to happen to this fucking guy. He's not the main character. Spoilers. Uh, and then something does happen, <laughs> yeah. which um, we won't talk about right here because I think everyone uh, should check this show out. And yes, it's very, very dialogue heavy, but it it's it's very well acted, and that and that's the difference in in making a good show is that you have great writing and you have great acting, and that's yeah. definitely what this show did. I agree. He's not just Mike Flanagan isn't here for the jump scares. That, right, he's yeah. got them. They're there. There but... are some of them, yes, but then there are also just like uh, uh just the mood yes and everything gets you too exactly so yeah there's a lot of great stuff in this show only what seven eight episodes i think, I think about eight episodes yeah you can do it in a couple of days maybe even a day we uh, burned right through yeah, it I think but we, we were both it. huge mike flanagan fans oh yeah yeah so yeah i was way looking forward to this and i'm sure this can kind of turn a lot of people off too because there's not the horror element in this is relegated to maybe like 5-10% of most of the yes. episodes. Mm-hmm. But then the ending, you know, everything kind of comes to a head. And and even that's not just full-on horror either. But at the same time, 
It's very, very good. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. Yeah, no spoiling the end. No, I'm not going to spoil anything. I cried hysterically like I do in all of the endings <laughs> of all three of those shows. Check it out, definitely. Yes. Midnight Mass. You can watch that on Netflix with all of his shows. And if you haven't watched any of his shows, watch his shows. They're so good. Yes, very, very good. Next up, um, hashtag like. Oh, yes. 2019 on Shudder. Um, I had to refresh your memory on this one, although it has been a while. It has been. Um, if I remember correctly, this is about a, uh, a girl or a woman who I think her friend was um, hurt and killed somehow. Her younger sister her was sister. murdered by someone. Right. Yeah. And so she thinks she knows who the person is, and then she ends up capturing and imprisoning this person. Yeah. Oops, sorry. Uh, bullied into committing suicide. Your right. sister committed suicide. Yeah, right. Sorry and about she, that. She thinks it's this person. And uh, throughout the movie, she tortures this guy and tries to get him to confess. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty much our movie. This guy is Mark Menchata, Menchaca, um, best known as... Uh, from Ozark. Right, he was the dad from Ozark, right? It was dad or uncle? I feel dad like or uncle. Uh, the one who... For Julia Garner. Yeah, he was the one who ends up um, fucking the the FBI agent. He's gay, right? Yes, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I believe that's him. If I'm oh, yeah. correct, it, yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, he's in it. Um, this movie's okay. It kind of drags a little bit with the just with the imprisonment of this guy and everything. It does it? It reminds me of, and I don't know if it's the movie's fault, but it reminds me of Hard Candy. Yes. Um. It's still good. I still like it, but it is very reminiscent of Hard Candy. And in some ways, that's good because in Hard Candy, the whole way through, you're like, did Patrick Wilson do this or is she just crazy? And you feel that way about the the Mark Menchaca character, character too. He insists Mm -hmm. he's innocent. And so you do kind of wonder, but then you're like, "Mm, but of course the guilty man would insist he was innocent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know. It, it's okay. It's on Shutter. If you have Shutter, if you don't have Shutter, get Shutter. Shutter's good. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. I don't want to ruin any more either because yeah. it, it goes a little bananas at the end, and I mm-hmm. think I like it. Okay. All right. Next. <clears throat> next up, um, you're gonna have to do this one because I really wasn't paying attention. Superhost 2021. Uh, yes. On right. Shutter, I got kind of bored. This is a found footage. No, not necessarily it's not found, found footage. footage. It really didn't hold my attention. I guess kind of. It is. It's another one of those movies that uh, it focuses on people who have like a YouTube channel and try and get likes and views and everything so they can live. You know, they're yeah. they're they're YouTubers for their job. Right, and so they're trying to get enough views so you can get money. sponsorships. Yeah, you get yeah. Moni- you can get monetized and sponsorships mm-hmm. and all that. And so what they what their their gimmick is is that they go to different like uh, like hotels or B and Bs or Airbnbs, and then they rate them, and then they rate the host and everything too. Uh, but this time around, what happens is they get uh, they go to this one place, and the host is kind of creepy. Yeah, and I don't. I'm sorry, actor, but I, I don't really like her crazy shtick. It's too like <laughs> winking at the camera, crazy. Like I never feel like anyone's in danger. She's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. I'm crazy. Yeah, and I'm kind of I'm getting tired of these. Um, 
these movies where we have a YouTube personality doing these things and showing their their fans and everything all this crap all the time. Uh, what what other movies are like that? There is the one about the guy who goes to the haunted house and uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of different ones that are like this. They're forgettable. I don't yes. even remember what they were called. Yeah, I it, forgot Barbara Crampton was in this. Yes, yeah, uh, and the thing is, is that. Um, I can't stand these motherfuckers to begin with right. in real life. And now I'm watching them on the screen. So the only... I don't root for them at all. At all. I want them to die quickly. And it's not going to happen quickly, but eventually, most of the time, they do end up dying. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm you, U-turn from weeds about these guys. A lot of these... Yeah, a lot of these <laughs> personalities just really play towards... Like, they're happy all the time, or they're, they're playing this this obnoxious character... And I'm just like, please, yeah, go go get a real fucking job. Yeah, and especially when they're, I mean, they're mocking this clearly mentally ill woman mm-hmm. um, on for anyone to see, mm-hmm. um, and talking about how crappy the whole place is. Like, mm-hmm. I can't wait for you to die. Yes. So, yeah, that's super host for you. Super host. Um, yeah. No, don't. You don't need to see it. Nah. All right. So let's get into. Let's do the Joe Bob's. So yes. there were two. The first one that we watched uh, was Angel from 1983 uh, on Shutter. Yeah, it, this wasn't a movie that was ever in my sight. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's about a high school girl who hooks at night in uh, was it L.A. Was <laughs> it? Yeah, it's in L.A. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's how she makes her money, so she can go to her private school and have an apartment. And um, that's kind of all I remember so yeah, far. Yeah, to take care of her mom because her mom's sick. No, her mom's dead. Her mom's dead. Everyone's dead. <laughs> it's right. her by herself. Yeah, I don't. This rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Uh, some movies that I've never heard of from nineteen, the nineteen eighties. Mm-hmm. They they haven't aged well, and the first mm-hmm. time I'm seeing them, I'm a middle aged woman, and yeah, I don't know. right. Uh, and she's um, surrounded by other characters to um eventually you know we find out that she's uh, someone's trying to kill her and this killer is killing people around her too like some of the other uh like hollywood boulevard people who uh, act like you know those people will dress up like the hulk or batman and try and get like pictures and try and make money hollywood boulevard yeah right you meet a lot of those kind of characters and there's like a cop who's trying to take care of Angel and everything, uh, but yeah, it's it's a an '80s movie, kind of dirty, kind of scummy, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Darcy th- loves it. So what the hell do I? Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. If you're gonna watch it, watch the Joe Bob one because Joe Bob has Jason Blum on for yes. um, as his guest. For the first movie on the uh, the last drive-in, mm-hmm. and they do a lot of talking, a lot of back and forth, and everything, and it's very, and that's probably the best part of the movie is actually Joe Bob talking with Jason Blum about Agreed. how he started out and how he progressed to horror movies and how he's sticking with horror, and uh, which eventually leads us to the second part of the last drive-in, which was they. Uh, invited David Gordon Green to come on, who also directed the latest Halloween movies. And wrote it. Wrote it, too, with, uh, with Danny McBride. Danny McBride, yeah. 
and they got to talk a bit more about that process and about the Halloween movies and and on and on. Uh, and the movie they talk about too, the second one of the Joe Bob double feature was Terror Train, a movie that always seen parts of but never all the way through. So mm-hmm. I, I, it was cool to finally get to experience Terror Train because I think the one time I did see a good part of it, it was on it was like 1989. And it was on one of the, like the local channels for like their seven o'clock movie, and Terror Train was it, and so I got to see one part of it when I was a kid, and then just they would have different like Terror in the Isles. If you ever seen that movie, it was like a clip show horror movies, or they have just other little clip show horror movies. This seems to always be on there at some point. Um, if you haven't seen Terror Train, it's a Jamie Lee Curtis uh, movie where she. Uh, in the beginning, in the beginning of college, they, uh, her and this frat end up tricking this one other frat fraternity brother or soon-to-be brother into uh, thinking like he's going to get laid. So Jamie Lee Curtis and the frat brothers set him up to go into this room where there's a corpse. Mm-hmm. And he freaks the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of our beginning. And then senior year, they're going on like a, I don't know, a New Year's Eve trip where everyone's dressed up in costumes on a train. Uh, to wherever, so the rest of our movie we're on a train where the uh, a killer gets on board and ends up killing a lot of people who had something to do with um, this person who got fucked up, uh, mentally got fucked up because of the corpse in in the bedroom. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're 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 not sure who this person is yet. We kind of already know who the person is. So they it's not given away or anything, but you can just tell that. The person killing the other person is the person who was fucked with in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting movie. Um, you got Ellis from Die Hard in it. Yeah, like Hurt Buckner. Mm-hmm. Our, our main piece of shit asshole in the movie. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, of course. You have David Copperfield and I think, his only movie role. Oh, that can't be true, but maybe. Maybe. He might be in some other sh- shit as like... Oh, yeah. as himself. As himself, and then right. not playing a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed Terror Train. It was something like I hadn't seen in a while. It's horror on a train. Yeah. It's right. fine. Again, 80s movie I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah. I, thought, yeah, I thought it was all right. So, once again, I'd say if you're going to watch it, if you have Shudder, check out the Joe Bob version. Yeah, agreed. No. <clears throat> Um, I should have saved those for the end, for uh, the movie I'm going to save for the end. So, whoops, sorry. Well, the movie you should save for the end is probably the movie that most people have watched. Well, yeah. It just came out not too long That's ago. That's the one I'm saving yes, for the end. Yes, please save we, that one for last. We don't have a movie of the week, per se, at this but week. we have one that um, we'll probably talk about the most. Yes. Or if not, or people will be most interested, and we'll keep till the end. So, yeah, saving that for the end. At least our opinions on it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um... Yeah, I'm going to save all three of these for the end. Let's talk about The Voyeur. Though I, uh, You watched like the last hour and ten minutes of this movie with me. Maybe not even. Maybe like maybe the last even. 45 minutes I Enough that you could get the gist, I think, of what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then see all the twists where right. it just goes off. I caught up real yeah. quick. Yeah. I didn't need to see the first 45 minutes in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... Uh, this is, I feel like this is Amazon's uh, offering that's similar to like the Into the Dark series that mm. Hulu does. Um, because last year they also came out with like four horror movies that they just spit out in sure, October. Yeah. Um, and so this is the one that I was interested in because Sydney Sweeney's in it. 
And I, I absolutely love her as an actress, but also because she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She's so interesting mm-hmm. to look at. Um, I feel a little weird about it because the first time I saw her, she was like this 13-year-old girl on The Handmaid's Tale. And it's oh, pretty shit. hard to watch the whole thing. Yeah. No. Um, so she still looks like a baby in my eyes. Um, and then also Euphoria, where she's wonderful. So The Voyeur. This is about a couple moving in. They're in France, I believe, in Paris. And they move in across the street from this couple who leave their shades open and, like, bang all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, They can just watch them. And at first the couple feels like it's awkward. And then there's actually a scene that you didn't see where they have sex to the couple having sex. And it's sort (laughs) of weird but hot. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually... This uh, Sydney Sweeney's character's obsession with this couple across the way really upsets her boyfriend. Like, mm-hmm. he can't believe that she won't just let this go. She meets the woman, um, and she befriends her, and then she realizes that the man is having an affair with multiple women mm-hmm. and wants to tell her, tell this woman, what's happening. And her boyfriend's like, you've got to stay out of their lives. Yes. Um, and that's not even the twist. Yeah, there are twists and turns that <laughs> yeah. happen later on. I won't spoil it. You but... get you get to see her boobs, Sydney Sweeney's boobs. Yep, yep. You were you were more interested to see them than I were. I on, yeah. On the show because I had already seen them in from Euphoria. I mean, I had two. But you don't remember. But I don't them. remember. <laughs> I really didn't think it, she showed them. That's how she fully. got pretty popular. Was the few scenes in Euphoria where you get to see her boobs. They are spectacular. And then you get to see them in this in this movie also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then twists and turns happen. Uh, even though I've seen only half of this, I I say I do recommend it. And, Me too. Uh, I liked it, and I walked in with because the four movies I watched all four of them last year, and they were all fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing really stands out yeah. when they do that. Mm-hmm. But I liked this one definitely the most of the this thing that Amazon's doing. So The Voyeur, check it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, next let's talk about Old. Old, right. This is, I, I forgot that. about this. I'm M. Night Shyamalan it. put out this movie. It was in theaters only, so we were like, well, we're not going to see it. We'll <laughs> just wait, because now we know it comes out like within a month or so. You'll right, be able yeah. to rent it, and that's what we did. Um, never know what to expect. That's not true. I know what to expect with M. Night Shyamalan. I guess I never know if I'm going to like it or not. Mm, yeah. Um, this movie I like, though. I liked it, too. Yeah. You never... Yeah, because he can make a piece of shit like The Happening, or he can make a pretty good movie like, um, uh, shit, what's the one where they're in the house with the old people? Oh, The Visit. The Visit, yeah. Which that is one's... also, like, maybe unintentionally funny. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yes. But still good, yeah. Um, this one takes place, I don't know, I want to say, what, Hawaii, I think, I believe, or, or some tropical destination. Yeah, somewhere, I would say somewhere closer to the UK. Because okay. most of these are, most of them are British mm-hmm. or Spanish, I think. Okay, so um, there's this resort where people come and just to relax and everything. And um, certain people are told about this hidden beach where they can go and it's very nice, very secluded and everything. And um, there's this couple with their two children come to this resort. They're told about this beach. Um, They spend a night and then the next morning they go to the beach and they end up being trapped there. Mm -hmm. Um because it's very secluded there's only one way to get to the beach and it's through like the, the this rocky formation where they have to 
walk from the car all the way down and the car driven by M. Night Shyamalan right, he yeah. does like to show up in his movies right <laughs> and after a while weird things start to happen with uh, with our characters um, one of the characters uh, uh, with uh, Rufus Sewell who's in this movie he mm-hmm. plays a doctor brings his wife and their daughter who's like three or four or five and his mother with to this beach and everyone starts to age yeah rapidly so you don't so you only notice the kids first, first obviously because kids age very quickly and rufus sewell's mother has a heart attack and dies because yes, she's old she's and, old <laughs> and so she dies first the dog that they bring with dies also because right dogs don't last i mean they're, they don't live as long as people and the children, because uh, the main couple we're following, their children are uh, like 10 and 6 or 11 yeah. and 6. Mm-hmm. So after a while, they start to mature. Like the daughter, um, we get to see that she has matured into a woman. Yeah, her like her bikini's too small right. and the mom has to find her something else to wear. <laughs> right. yeah. uh, the, the young boy, is, his trunks don't fit anymore, so he has to like wear a towel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also another little girl there and she gets bigger and bigger. So you get to see the evolution of these characters, of these younger characters at least, growing up very fast. And some of our other characters, um, you know, they start to gray and everything, but they also start to have vision problems and, yeah. and all the things that start to come with old age. Um, so they try and leave this beach, but they can't. There's like a force holding them there. So that when they try and go back up through the mountainy pass, they get like a massive headache and have to head back towards the beach. Yeah, they compare it to like the bends. Yes, But they yes. can't get out, yeah, because right. they get the bends. Um, and then the um, the mystery of the island keeps persisting until the end of the movie where you you figure it out and everything and um i want to say i like this movie i I enjoyed it a lot actually i did too until the end Mm -hmm. um i i didn't like the sort of it's not even really a twist it just goes further than i needed it to go i Mm -hmm. didn't need an explanation for all of this Mm -hmm. i liked enough that they're just getting old and it's this metaphor for how quickly life passes you by Mm -hmm. and how how you forget things that were really important to you. Like this couple played by Gal Garcia Bernal and Vicky Creeps, they're actually going to, they're getting separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the end, they sort of age together and they forget what they were even fighting yeah, about. Right. And there's just something so beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. And then M. Night Shyamalan was like, and, and to be fair, I can't blame this on him because this is based on a graphic novel. So mm-hmm. maybe possibly it goes a lot further mm-hmm. in the graphic novel and he felt like he needed to show us the whole thing but so i didn't like the end i didn't need to see all of that mm-hmm. i didn't need the why i loved just watching um i did like the why i okay. think i think the ending gives you a little bit more it gives you like a moral kind of idea in your head about True. okay how do you feel about this even though this is i don't want to ruin it for anyone but you, you kind of question things like okay is this okay is this not okay kind of thing. They have justifications for what they're doing. Right. Yeah. But I don't want to recommend it. Is it not either. okay? Right. So um, I would, I recommend watching it. I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Uh, people are always going to be like, oh, M. Night Shyamalan back to form or anything. I'm like, no, he's not back to form. It's just like sometimes makes good movies. Sometimes he makes shitty ones. He takes risks. That's, I yes. like it. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. He takes a lot of risks. A lot of his movies aren't the same as the other ones. So mm-hmm. I, I got to appreciate that. Me too. And I, I liked this one. I did too. So check it out. And the only one that I've absolutely hated is The Happening. And that's mostly because it was just woefully miscast. Oh, God. Zoe yeah. Deschanel and Marky Mark. Oh, yeah. Chemistry of the fucking class play. The, <laughs> not even Marky like a Mark, drama class, like a math class. Marky Mark talking to plants and we're supposed to be taking it seriously. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, otherwise, I see the value in all of this. Well, I've never seen the one everybody got really mad about. The air, last Airbender. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. Because of the whitewashing. Yeah. yeah. And plus, I was never into the the cartoon or anything, so I'm like, right. why the fuck am I gonna watch this? Yeah. But uh, yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, B plus. <clears throat> okay, we're getting to the most recent ones. So second to last, VHS ninety four, twenty twenty one on Shutter. Yeah, this just came out a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. right for the Halloween season. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the VHS series. I am too. I love um I don't want to say I love found footage. I do like some of some found footage, but when it's put into shorts, I think it works a lot better. A lot better. I agree. And with the VHS series, I think they really really hit their stride with uh with part 2. Mhm. Uh part 3 with viral was okay. Uh, but they took a few more years off and then did VHS 94. Which, of course, takes place in 94. Uh, you get the short vignettes again. You get, I think, four or five different stories off this one this time. And I enjoyed this one more than three, more than viral. Oh, man, I don't even remember viral. <laughs> viral, uh, that one, that's the one with the, um, uh, the cape. Uh, not like a, act like a cape someone wears. Right. Uh, and the magician. Uh, there's also the skateboard kids in California. Okay, yeah. And they fight like the skeletons, and then right. there was the mirror one, or or uh, not a mirror, but it was like a door to a, a similar dimension kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that one was pretty cool too. Okay. But anyway, this one I liked a lot more. Um, it was a good time. I, I like I said before, these anthology movies are right up my my right in my wheelhouse. I'll say because I, I love them. Uh, Creep Show was one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time, and just seeing films that are, are up to par with that, which this one I wouldn't say necessarily is, but it is good. It's still a good time, and it's still just a, a fun horror movie that you're, you're not going to get bored with. You never get bored with these movies, because yeah. you you're get a different segment each time. And mm-hmm. then... I, I liked it fine. I think I was most distracted by... In the first... Two, obviously, I can't say three because I forgot Viral existed altogether. <laughs> but in the first two, I feel like the VHS feel of filming is authentic. Like, yes. this is what VHS really looked like when mm. you were, like, the tracking and everything. It's more raw. Like, the first, first one is pretty raw. The second one is a bit more put together. Uh, but the third one is is more of a movie and not found footage. It's 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 clear that this is like a camera filter that they're just putting mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Like, look, this is the VHS camera filter. Now it kind of looks like you're watching a VHS, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It looks like you put a modern filter yeah. Yeah. over the filming. So that I found that so distracting that I didn't enjoy myself as much as I think I could have. <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoy all the VHS movies. I I think at some point in time I just might put them all on and watch all four of yeah, them. Yeah, I would do that. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool. 
The first one is still the best, I think. And it has the scariest segments. Yes. Uh, especially the the haunted house one in the first one where those guys go in and uh, they go to the wrong address and go yeah, to like that's that, your favorite that's but my, my favorite. favorite is definitely the succubus the yeah, the, yeah, yeah the siren succubus one that one's really really good <laughs> that too one's great all of them um even the second uh vhs the eyeball one where the guy gets the eyeball transplant adam mm-hmm. wingard actually is the, yep. the actor and director in the movie that's a good so one that's good but the one that stands out the absolute most is by the director of the raid he does the um he does that coven not coven but uh cult the cult yeah. in uh indonesia that one sticks with you yes, for sure i'm not sure i liked it but i remember oh, it. it's awesome especially by if it's a director that you you really appreciate and admire like yeah. i do with the raid 2 director and the raid director it's fucking i mean his movies look great um, yeah so i enjoy that one and then but there's the, the third one with the alien invasion at that like suburban house mm-hmm. and they put the camera on the dog i like that one a lot except yep. for the dog when he dies yeah i don't like that one yeah i don't like, I don't like death. Yeah. yeah so anyway um i say check out vhs 94 i thought it was i thought it was pretty good me too i maybe i'll never get over that camera filter it really <laughs> bugged me um, but I recommend it, yeah. Especially if you're a youngster who doesn't know what VHS really used to look like. It won't even bother you. Yeah. And finally. Oh, this is the big one. This is the one everyone's been talking about lately. Yep. And then we're going to talk about it, too, in depth for the most part. And spoilers, I don't give a shit. Yeah, spoilers. Who gives a fuck? Um, Halloween Kills yes. 2021 on Peacock. <laughs> okay. It <laughs> okay. seems that a lot of people didn't like this movie or think it was off the snuff. I can agree with them on that because the last Halloween movie that came out was good. It was a good really movie. good. It was yeah. a good sequel. Direct sequel that ignores all, all the that sequels other, in the middle. All that yeah. other crap that came before it. I, I really like that because mm-hmm. I'll just stay, say this for the hundredth time. I'm not a big Halloween fan. You're not. I like Halloween the first the movies. One. The yeah. movies. Well, yeah. Uh, the first one I think is cool. I'm, I'm not gaga for it for like a lot of other horror movie people. I think it's cool. The second one I think is fine too. The third one I like the most because it doesn't include Michael Myers. It tries to change it into an anthology yes. series. Yeah. Which people fucking hated. And they're like, man, there's no Michael Myers. And so like, all right, we'll give you a Michael Myers movie. Mm-hmm. You were part four and it sucked. Then they gave you part five and sucked. Part six sucked. Then they gave you um, H2O. It was okay, but still sucked. Resurrection fucking sucked. That's the one where Laurie Strode dies in the beginning, right? right? Yeah, Yeah. and they have fucking Starbuck in there and Buster Rhymes. Yeah. And then you got the Rob Zombie movies, which I... I liked them when they came out. Yes. And now I fucking hate them. Yes. With a passion. Yes, same here. Same here. I do not like those movies. I think that first one really humanized Michael Myers, and that didn't need to happen. No. That ruined it. He fucking ruined it. And his whole family is just, Ugh. there's just everybody screaming at each other, and she's, Laurie Strode is really crude yeah, she's, to her parents. Yeah, and that, especially in the second one, the second Halloween, yeah. she's just, a, just that's not the Laurie Strode that we remember. Right. 
You know, it sucked. And, and and I don't even like Rob Zombie as a filmmaker. I Me think neither. he's trash. I haven't even seen his others because I don't I don't like torture porn. Yeah. And that's all those movies are. And, so. and like House of a Thousand Corpses. I mean, there's some parts that are redeeming, but the, there's there's nothing there. It's just very crude. And a lot of like the, the humor and shit is sophomoric. Yes. And it's just like, oh man, I would laugh at this shit when I was an eleven when I was eleven years old. This shit would be fucking hilarious to me. But here I am as an adult and it's just it's it, like I said, it's very sophomoric and I, yeah. I just don't I don't like it. It's it's and so then I really haven't seen any of his other movies except thirty one, which mm-hmm. was fucking horrible too. It was like watching a uh someone it, it, it's like they put a camera on a swing. <laughs> And then they, you know, when you're a kid and you're sitting on a swing and you kind of twist yourself around and then you let it, let it go and you spin around. That's what I think they did with the camera in this movie <laughs> in that in okay. thirty one. But anyway, um, we'll go back to the Halloween Kills, which is the sequel to the latest uh, twenty eighteen Halloween, which mm-hmm. I really liked, me too, and which got me back into the series. Mm-hmm. To like. But unfortunately, this movie kind of kicked me back out of liking the series again. Me too. Um, because Halloween, the re- reboot, it ends. Mm-hmm. It's over. And so I think that's what really bothered me in the first place, that they're even making another Halloween, mm-hmm. which of course they are, because ching Yes. That one made a lot of money, so yep. let's make even more money. Speaking of interviews with Jason Bloom. Sorry, <laughs> Jason Bloom. Um, so I kept calling this, like, wholly unnecessary Mm -hmm. and i still think it it's wholly unnecessary and my biggest problem is that who jason bloom and david gordon green were one of them was like you know we need to put some social commentary in here because that's (laughs) horror movies are really getting heavy on social commentary and what's happening in the world now does it make any sense to michael myers universe no not at all but who cares let's throw it in there Michael Myers made us all into hysterical monsters. Right. And that's where I think the the movie really does falter. Yeah. I will give it this. The uh, Michael Myers violence is good. Uh Uh-huh. The killing and the murders of the people, uh, his victim, I think, are great. It's very, very brutal how Michael Myers should be. Hard to watch sometimes. Because if you watch, we'll go back to the first Halloween, the John Carpenter one. Where um, I think my favorite part of those movies is when he kills the one boyfriend who's about to fuck PJ Souls. Yeah. And, you know, he put the. He ends up putting the, the sheet on and the glasses and mm-hmm. everything. I like that kill the most because he just happens upon that guy, fucking grabs him by the throat, lifts him up, and stabs him into the wall. Yeah. That's fucking badass. That's scary and that's brutal. Just because if you think of it, there's no really quick cuts of it, no slicing and dicing, it's just straight up just stabbed this motherfucker and left him there. And that's brutal. Yeah. In this movie, there are some really brutal kills too, a little bit more sensationalized, mm-hmm. but it fits in. Um, I would say even in the 2018 Halloween, the whole bathroom scene where Michael escapes and he happens upon those podcasters and he murders them in yeah. the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Fucking brutal and brilliant. It was great. Yeah, just like because that. that's who Michael Myers is. If you're in his path, he's right. going to murder you. It's not silly. It's just yeah. straight up fucking murder. Unlike, you know, uh, I really do kind of equate him to like Jason and Freddy and everything. Because I, I posed this question to someone the other day. I was like, okay... When do you think those characters, which movie do you think those characters really came into their own? 
it's not the first movie. No. You watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and the first movie, yeah, Freddy's scary and everything. And the second one, he's kind of, he's not in the picture too much. Yeah. But in the third one, he really starts to pick up. He really starts to come into his own kind of character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh, is funny, and he has good kills, and he has fun with it, you know? Yeah. You think of Friday the 13th, the first movie, Jason isn't even the bad guy. It's his mother. Right. The second one, um, he wears the sack on his head. Yeah, there's no hockey mask yet. Um, and it's kind of boring. The second one's kind of boring. I'm sorry. The third one, though, is where it really picks up. Mm-hmm. It's the hockey mask. He has all these great kills. They're funny. Some of them are. Uh, they're just out of the blue, and, and the guy gets the spear in his eye and shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's shit like that. It's... it's um. It's just like they really come into their own at some point. But Michael Myers, he's just the shape. He doesn't have any of those kind of traits that those other characters do. He's just a mass. And so I think it's really hard for him to like establish a good horror personality because there is none. He has no personality. That's the point. And that's yeah. the point, which, which I think hurts and helps that character out. But you have to do it in the right way which I think the 2018 version did really well. Mm -hmm. And this one did well, too. But their execution and everything else was subpar. Yeah. Um, I know this is a a go, an in-between movie between the last one and then Halloween ends. I get it. I think a lot of people knew that also. So that's why I think they... They kind of made it the Empire Strikes Back of the this new trilogy that they put out. A, A go between. But... That doesn't always work. Um, it worked for Empire Strikes Back, but it didn't really work for this series because it, it leaves you wanting a lot more. Yeah, and Empire Strikes Back finds a way to be relevant, mm-hmm. even though Star Wars ends. Mm-hmm. You can definitely do. Obviously, Empire Strikes Back is great because it, it there's a reason for it. Yes, and there's a story. Like I just don't think there's there was no reason for Halloween Kills other than money. Yes, and I yeah. don't know, like Jamie Lee Curtis. What do you do? You buy a new house, or why? <laughs> why did you need to be a part of this? <laughs> which, which, like I said, there's going to be another movie out next year, and I believe, from what I've heard, it's going to take place in like 2021, 2022, actually, with uh, which it's going to deal with the pandemic too, where it's going to be included in this in this okay. next film. Of course, so I'm interested. I'm going to see the next I'm one. I'm going to see it, too. I just don't think I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> but we'll see where it goes. Um, and hopefully, it will fucking end forever, then. Because that's it. Let's end it. Yeah. I think they should have ended the last movie. And I Me even too. said that last time. That should have been the end. Me, too. Uh, and I, But, I, of course, we knew it wasn't going to be the end. And that there were going to be more movies. But I was still excited because here like you have a couple comedy writers writing it they're going to get give you a new perspective on this character mm-hmm. give you a new kind of story uh so we'll see um i i'm not going to say i'm not going to recommend it but i will say it's better than four five six h2o resurrection and the rob zombie movies yeah, i enjoyed it more than that it, it is it's just a better made movie than any of those movies mm-hmm. are i'll give it that it's just unnecessary. I, yeah. There was nothing about it that made me feel like, oh, this added more to the story. Right. And it, and it didn't. Um, yeah. So, um, sorry to you Halloween people, man. Um, I'm sorry you keep getting shafted with shit every once in a while. 
Like Friday the Thirteenth never did that to me, you know. You should probably jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, I even <laughs> think that what, what was it, 2012, 2013, Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, yeah, the remake, reboot, With Jared or whatever. Padalecki, I still think that one's pretty fun. Yeah, actually. that one's that one's okay. Yeah, it's, I mean it's no three, four, five, six, seven, but yeah. right, <laughs> but it's still fun. Whereas you know the Nightmare on Elm Street remake is just horrible. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, they tried to make it horror. Like, yeah. not with the Freddy being funny and shit. But. Right. And the, and they made Freddy sympathetic, which, why would you ever yeah. do that? Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. Halloween Kills. Mm. If you think there's a need for another Halloween movie, then you're probably going to really like this. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it for us mm-hmm. for our Halloween episode. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I hope you guys have a great Halloween this year. Um, Watch most of the movies... That we talked about. I, I, I would really say watch Midnight Mass. Yes. Um, and uh, let us know what your favorite Halloween movies are. Um, what movie do you have to watch on Halloween yes. every year? I'm Mine, curious. of course, is Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten there yet. No. Yeah. Halloween coming up on uh, about a week. Uh, what's your go-to Halloween movie? Like, you know, I pick a different one? one every year. Last year I picked The Blair Witch Project because it had been a really long time since I'd seen mm-hmm. it. I don't think that I have one that I have to watch. Now, for Christmas, I have plenty of oh, movies that of I them. have to watch every year. There's about at least a dozen of them. So For Halloween, I really like exploring what, especially now, what streaming platforms just spit out for mm-hmm. you in October. I like to look through those because you'll find some gems. You'll yeah. find some shitty ones and you'll find some really good ones. And then you can always just throw on the In Search of Darkness or Crystal yeah. Lake Memories, mm-hmm. which In Search of Darkness is getting in part three. Yeah, Which, and that yeah. show has gotten progressively better. Yeah, part two was way better than one, because yeah. one, uh, In Search of Darkness, part one, really dealt with a lot of the shit I already knew about. Yeah, a lot of the it was movies. movies everyone knows everything about if they're horror movie fans. And yeah. then the second one did a little a little deeper, deeper dive into mm-hmm. the horror uh, movie and VHS horror movie boom. But part three, it looks like they're curating a lot more obscure films and they're also doing a uh, fans uh, pick also where they're good people are uh, fans are making suggestions and they're taking some of their suggestions about some of these obscure horror movies that a lot of people might not know or a lot of people saw in like their their video store where there were uh, on the wall but never watched them you know mm-hmm. I, I have plenty of those like spookies was one of them i've never yeah. seen before and then we'll I'll never forget the box art mm-hmm. but i've never actually seen it yeah right so yeah throw one of those on this uh halloween season and um hope you have a good time trick-or-treating this year guys yeah and uh we'll be back in a couple weeks we were gone for a while longer but we're back on it again and then we'll be shitting out more episodes um this is episode 160, and usually every five episodes is Jessalyn's choice, but we're going to subvert that until next episode mm-hmm. to where she gets to pick the movie of the week. Yes, sir. All right, we'll see you in a few, guys. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.